Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling with you here. And Yins already know the drill. You want to chime in. Well, you've got about 120 minutes to do so here. And you can find us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body 52 The body. Arthur Motes, do we... Tell the people the, the show news, the show announcement now, or do we do the old-fashioned radio tease thing? I mean, I feel like you're supposed to do the old-fashioned radio tease thing, but at the same time, you know I'm not old-fashioned, and I don't like teasing. How about that? We're not old-fashioned. We're new school. Absolutely. And that's right. It's like when we do our list, we start at the top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we get it out the way. <laughs> so let's start at the top, and then maybe we'll tease it in the second hour for the people yeah. who missed it here. Uh, but next week, a little uh, moving and shaking, right? We will Shaking and moving? Shaking and moving. moving shaking and, and bacon? Ooh. Bacon and shaking? I like it. Thunder that's and lightning? Just, bacon and shaking sounds like it would be a really good like uh, like burger Seasoning. joint. Yeah, you know, like restaurant, something. like milkshake, yeah. bacon cheeseburgers, bacon and shaking. You know, come get your bacon cheeseburger and your chocolate milkshake. Mm, chocolate and vanilla milkshake. <laughs> so starting next week, right, there's been a lot of uh, cloudiness around this, Motsi. We, we're kind of doing training camp on the fly this year, right? Everybody is. We don't have our normal wall-to-wall coverage from out in Latrobe. Oh, you're talking right? like usually when you leave me uh, and, I'll be, and I'm here in Pittsburgh and you're in Latrobe and you're telling me all, all the awesome people you're meeting, Listen, when the Miss, fans, when and Missy I'm over Matthews, here crying. You know, when, when Missy Matthews says, let's do a show, hey, wow. do a show. I mean, I mean she's I, big time. What I just didn't I think, I didn't think you would turn me down for Missy. That's, that's all I'm saying. Hey. <laughs> What's really going on here? I mean, it is true. I mean, she, wow. you know, she is a pit person. So That's I mean, maybe, crazy. maybe I should have considered that. Yeah, I'm saying, hey, <laughs> yeah, Mozi thinks I'm the uh, the Thanos of uh, of SNR over. You know, I just snap yeah, my fingers and hey. things happen over here. Period, man. If you if if you want me at training camp, you snap your fingers and I'm at training camp. If you don't want me at training camp, you snap your fingers and I'm not at training camp. I've like, seen it uh, firsthand. I'm more like mission. <laughs> You, I just got to get thrown around everywhere, and you're here, then you're there, yeah, then you're here, then you're there. I'm not making any decisions, Motsi. But we know, right? We've talked about this a little bit, how we're not entirely sure what's going on. We're going to keep rocking noon to two until they tell us otherwise. That's what we've kind of been saying all summer. Well, True. Arthur Motes, they've told us otherwise. Oh, man, say it ain't so. They kicked us off the air? Yeah, we're done, actually. Oh, this, is our penul- man. this is our penultimate show. Tomorrow will be the last episode no. ever of Euler and Motes. It's been fun. No, but, but man. But we'll be seeing you. Yeah, nah, got, psych, we just play. I was about to say, you got to write a letter. <laughs> Training camp holdout? Hey, <laughs> we, we've seen that take place numerous times, and it has been successful some places. <laughs> some places. Can you hold out in radio? Is that a thing? I don't know. We'll have to check the contract. Well, I was going to wonder, who's going to get the coverage to, to talk about our holding out, though? Yeah, who's like the replacement <laughs> that they bring yeah. in? Yeah. Will uh, they be going to the uh, the megawatts here? Like, oh, will, you man. Know, will Thrash and Dehev find themselves Dehev in the lit shows? one. They'll be, they'll be hosting <laughs> or something, man. So here it is. Next week on SNR, right? Starting Monday, our 
training camp schedule, if you will, officially begins. So that's Monday as in like, what, four days Correct. from now, Arthur Motes. The first week in August, training camp schedule is a go. So it will be August 3rd, just, just to clarify. August 3rd. August 3rd. Monday, August 3rd, our schedule here on SNR is going to switch for the next month or so, all right? So you'll have... Uh, wall-to-wall coverage starting at 10 a.m. every day. Training camp coverage. You'll have Tunch and Wolf in the mm-hmm. locker room, of course. And then the old I'll have, fogies. I'll have a, a high noon wrap-up for you from noon to one. I, he big I, time. He big I think time. Arthur Motes. Now, Crowley has done this in the past. I think what I'm doing is I think it's like a we play some audio of the morning. You know what I mean? Oh, Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin smoke, spoke this morning. Vance McDonald spoke this morning. Here's that. We kind of set things up for the afternoon if you will. So I'll be doing that from noon to one. And then from one to three, you'll have Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly. That'll be the drive show that you're used to. Mm-hmm. And then from three to six, three hours. Uh-oh. You know, the, the 120 minutes wasn't enough. We're moving up to 180 minutes big time. Ask and you shall receive. Starting next week, Arthur Motes and I from three until six every single day. Man, that's like the 425 game. It is. Yeah, wow. We, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not the prime. It's not the Sunday night right. game. But that's the four twenty five right. national yeah, game like, right we're there. We're like the three thirty SEC college yeah, football kickoff. That's, that's, that's dope, man. And then I mean, just when you think it ends there, from six o'clock to eight o'clock, you get two more hours of Mike Prasuda, mm. Dale Lolly, mm. Matt Williamson. I think Bob Labriola is going to be involved as well too. So twelve hours, Motsi, every single day 8 a.m to 8 p.m training camp coverage on snr it starts with tunch and wolf it ends with pursuita and company and you got us from three until six right well i was gonna say smack dab in the middle and i guess it's not smack dab in the middle but hey i'm looking around and we're the only ones with a three-hour show baby big time big time you know how it is man we're kind of like that that first year sleeper guy that had to grind his way out (laughs) People had questions. Could he be good? Was this a reach putting this pair together? But then they just saw the success. They saw the results. And they said, you know what? Let's give them a bigger piece of the pie. Let's mm-hmm. see what they do with it. So we either going to drown or we're going to swim, baby. We're going <laughs> to find out. So I hope y'all enjoy the ride with us, Power Grid Megawatts, because next week it is going down. Next week, training camp coverage begins here on SNR. And I tell you what, Arthur Motes. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's it's gonna it's it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be different, certainly, but at least it's something. Different for who? You or me? Both. Us. Both. Well, it's different because you know this you is the first year you, you actually show a little bit of care. Me and you and actually, together. Act, I mean, you actually act like you like me, man. You, oh. you invited me to come to training camp oh. with you. How convenient! You only invited me because we weren't leaving. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I know. I didn't yeah. want. I didn't want to have to put you up in the dorm room. You know, you he know? was like, "Well, you know, since training camp in Pittsburgh, Mo said he's never going to Latrobe. I think this is the year we get him right here. We can get him. We got him. I see what's going on here, man. Yeah. In fact, actually, you know what? I was the mastermind behind this mm-hmm. whole global pandemic. I figured. I figured that because not for, yeah, not for any political reasons. Mm-hmm. Just so I can make sure I made you do shows at yeah, training c- camp because you knew I was going on vacation for the whole month. Now I got to go call wifey if she's going to be mad. Hopefully I can send her some edible arrangements or something. <laughs> and that'll, and that'll, you know, smooth things over. Flowers. Yeah. That's what they all say. 
You're gonna have to you're gonna have to cook a nice dinner tonight at the most residence. Oh, I tell you man. what. Well, the way it's looking outside with this weather, I don't know. If, I don't know. It's grilling season right now, baby. <laughs> no, I'm not sure about that. We're back into the uh, the soggy portion yeah. <laughs> of the summer here in Pittsburgh. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz. Uh, some things are switching up next week, but we're gonna keep it uniform today and tomorrow. So you know what that means. Coming up here in about five minutes on the program, we will talk to Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and, and I can't boy, wait. Boy, boy, boy. See, they got some sparring to do. Woo-wee. It's going to be, I mean, it's yeah. going to be like McGregor yeah. versus Mayweather finally getting in the ring together oh, after yeah. all the hype. We, we definitely got to have a conversation. Can't wait. <laughs> some, 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 some uncomfortable conversations have to be had today. <laughs> Starting so with Becca. We'll take our first break here on the other side. Our good friend of the show, of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mr. Good, Brian good, Backo. Your, your good friend <laughs> is debatable over here right the now. Head nuts relationship <laughs> status to be determined on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz. We'll talk to Brian Backo next on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 12-20 on a Thursday. That can only mean one thing. To the phone lines we go. Our good friend from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, kind enough to join us as he does this time every single week. Brian Backo. Mr. Backo, we're... What, I guess now two or three days into this kind of new age training camp and already you're making waves. And what, were you wearing a wife beater on a Zoom call? What, what's this? I, I've heard about this, all right? But I want to get I want the story straight from the uh, from the horse's mouth here. What happened on the Zoom call? No, no. I will just defend myself here on the front end, get out ahead of this a little bit. The tweet from my colleague uh, at The Athletic, Mark Caboli, accusing me of wearing a, uh, I don't even know that we should use that term in 2020, West, <laughs> but um, I was not wearing one of those um, ribbed white T-shirts that you might often see on the show Cops. Uh, I was wearing a tank top, though. It was more of a, a multicolored, like, beach tank top, which, hey, no, I'm not saying that's really much better, but, again, in, in my defense, when the Zoom interview started with Steelers coaches and players back in March, we've never been on video, us media people. So I wasn't prepared for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I got caught uh, wearing less clothing than I really should have been. <laughs> I don't think Alex Highsmith minded, though. You know, he didn't say anything. Also, the funny part about that, boys, is um, it, it, like uh, the, one of the Steelers PR assistants said at the beginning of the call, she's like, yeah, just so you guys know, like we're doing with the with the rookies, we want you to put your names to your faces, so we are going to uh, have your video on for this call. So just be prepared for that. Five seconds pass. All right, and first question, Brian Batko. <laughs> that. Well, all right, so I got ambushed in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Yeah, Jeez. and hey, I'll tell you this much: like when we did our first Zoom back in March or whatever, when COVID started. I was already. I was probably wearing a suit, tie, my freshest uh, outfit with like a real nice background behind me. And then imagine my disappointment when we didn't, uh, when we weren't on video anyway. So I just got progressively grubbier since then in my appearance for these calls. 
man, it's like that sometimes. But you know what? In, in true Brian Backo fashion, man, you found a way to adapt to the situation true. and make the best of it. So you know what? It's all love. That's for that. But we gonna we got some personal issues that we're gonna get to later on in this here thing. All right. But but, okay. but, but before we get to to that element of it. While I got you in good spirits, let's talk about, man, just training camp overall right now, man. What's the mood? What's the mindset from the players, man, that are reporting through this unique training camp situation right now? Yeah, it's definitely been weird, Moats. Uh, you know, any normal camp, we, we'd be coming out with all sorts of observations about how the rookies look and obviously about how Ben looks. Right now, though, whether you're, you're talking to the players themselves and so far in, in week one, we've only talked – to a couple rookies, the top two picks, Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith, because they're the ones who have actually been here for a week, so they've uh, gone through the COVID testing that is necessary before they can get on the field and, and start doing weight room and conditioning stuff. Uh, and then we've talked to Mike Tomlin and, and offensive coordinator Randy Feetner, and uh, really none of those guys have, have had a chance to see Ben throw up close and personal just yet. That is still to come, but uh, I mean, everyone's saying the right things, and if I'm being completely honest, uh, a lot of the times the right thing is not really saying much of anything. Uh, and really, what can you say if, if you're Mike Tomlin and, and Randy Feetner other than uh, we're preparing these guys uh, from a mental standpoint, we're getting a chance to see how the young guys respond to the playbook, and we're, we're doing everything necessary or, or trying to adapt to this world uh, in which the NFL is, and the team itself have implemented a lot of protocols to, to safely deal with COVID-19. Now, speaking of those protocols and things like that, obviously, league-wide, there have been uh, probably, what, 15 to 20 people that have chosen to opt out for various reasons, whether they are high risk or uh, doing the voluntary opt-out. Were you surprised that no Pittsburgh Steelers have chose to opt out? Yeah, a little bit, because uh, not every team has had a guy. Um, some teams have had more than others, and, and you know, it should be noted, too, that uh, the deadline to make that decision hasn't come yet, so we could still see some Steelers decide to do that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit surprising, although uh, you know, the only high-risk guy is the NFL defines it, I think, on the Steelers roster is Cam Hayward. And, and I think everybody basically knew that he wasn't opting out. And James Conner, another one, who basically said when we talked to him back in June that uh, he, he's not as all that worried about him being more susceptible to the virus because, his cancer scare was four years ago, and he now has a healthy immune system, and he's ready to rock and roll. At least that was his personal opinion. So uh, I'm not surprised that those two guys specifically uh, did not uh, intend to opt out and, and don't intend to opt out here as far as we know. But uh, it is a little bit surprising that, that some of the maybe fringe roster guys or uh, lesser names like you've seen around the league uh, haven't taken this option just yet. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our guest here on the Steelers Blitz. You mentioned the rookies there a minute ago, Alex Highsmith and Chase Claypool and how they've been here for, for about a week or so now. Um, for those guys, maybe specifically, let's, let's talk about Claypool here. For him now, is it maybe just trying to get up to speed with some of the stuff that he's missed the past few months, uh, meeting a lot of his teammates, learning the playbook, those type of things? Or after talking to him, do you think he's he's maybe more prepared? Like he's in a way not as well as they normally would be, but still kind of ready to hit the ground running. No, I think it's more of the first part, Wes. I mean, he just you can't expect any rookie right now to to hit the ground running, especially someone who's going to play a position for this team and in this offense that 
we all know very well you need to be on the same page with Ben Roethlisberger to a T. And if you aren't, there's been times where he doesn't hesitate to either tell you that straight up in your interactions with him or, or even say that and, and kind of send that message through the media. So uh, one good thing that, that Claypool pointed out today, and uh, I guess that we, we kind of learned today more or less, is that he has had a chance. He's one of the, the offensive players and one of the, the pass catchers who's had a chance to actually go out and throw with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he organized a, a group of offensive and defensive guys to get together a few times at Robert Morris University over at the soccer field on campus there up in Moon Township. And, and I guess it happened to overlap uh, with one of the times where Claypool was, was here in town in Pittsburgh after being drafted. So uh, he's not coming in completely blind, which I think is a good thing. Now, does, does Ben have the same understanding on things with him already that he's going to have with someone like Juju or James Washington or Ryan Switzer? Uh, no way, but uh, it, it helps probably that he at least got some informal steps considering he did lose out on, on all the OTA and minicamp work, which is normally where Ben first starts to get to learn these guys. Mm. Now, when we're talking about some of these guys, especially at this uh, in this old training camp setting right now, just from your interactions, uh, like you said, you talked to Alex Highsmith and Chase Claypool through uh, the, the Zoom conference and stuff like that. Have they said anything in terms of being a little more concerned with the COVID situation, or are they still just, you know, business as usual, focused in on just being as good as they can be in this training camp right here? They, uh, those two guys are all business to begin with, and I think it's not surprising at all that the Steelers were drawn to them from a, a, a personal character and football character standpoint because it's not that they're more concerned about uh, playing football during the pandemic and the coronavirus, but they both faced questions about what have the coaches told them as far as how they need to act away from the field and uh, the fact that the NFL is not in a bubble like the NBA or the NHL, hmm. what's that, what that's going to require in terms of responsibility, personal responsibility from players. And, and I think Claypool and Highsmith both said all the right things. I mean, Highsmith said, I'm not a guy who's ever really been one to, to go out a lot and go to the bars and uh, hang out with a big group of people. So it hasn't been hard for me. And, Playful said it hasn't been hard for him either. Uh, both of them just uh, essentially saying that they're, they're well aware, especially as rookies coming in with no resume to build off, uh, they, they can't jeopardize football in, in any way. So they, they've got to keep that the number one. And any temptations that there might be to, to go out and put themselves at risk or in harm's way, uh, they're not going to do that. Now we'll see if the other 88 guys are also willing to probably just straight up make some sacrifices in, in their personal life. I mean, there's, some stipulations that the NFL and the NFLPA agreed on in terms of what you can and can't do as players to try to make this virtual bubble work. But uh, it's not like they're telling you you can't live your life at all. So you still have to be smart. And as Mike Tomlin said, it's a it's a one-fails-all-fail environment for them right now. Now, just to make sure we're, we're clear, the coaches actually had conversations with these players about they're uh, like the off-field lifestyle right now for training camp this year. Yeah, it, it wow. sounds like it. It sounds like Mike Tomlin <laughs> has basically told them, "Don't be that guy," which wow. I think means don't be the guy that's going to go out there yeah. and do something, uh, you know, <laughs> do some risk, uh, you know, risky behavior, I guess. Uh, and then if, if you end up having to go on the COVID list, and uh, if you would test positive, then all of a sudden, you know, who knows how many other guys on that team will all of a sudden fall into that category of having had close contact with a person who tested positive, and then everyone who would fall into that category 
would have to go on that reserve COVID-19 list that the NFL is implementing for this year. Wow. What is your confidence level that the NFL isn't going to have a uh, a Miami Marlins-type snafu, if you will, right? If we're talking about Mike Tomlin telling these guys, don't be that guy, and hopefully every coach and every team right, is preaching that to their players, that we all have to – like, this has to be a group project that we're all pulling our weight in. This can't be just your typical group project. What's your confidence level, Mr. Backo? Um, again, that a, a, a Marlins-type situation that the NFL can navigate this fluidly, smoothly – Without any, obviously guys are going to test positive, but without any major outbreaks, without any, you know, massive road bumps, if you will. Yeah, Wes, I mean, on one hand, I'm confident that perhaps seeing this in Major League Baseball hmm. will be a wake-up call to some guys who think, okay, this actually can happen. This can screw up a locker room and, and screw up a season if, if we don't actually abide by these, uh, you know, protocols that they're putting in for us. And, and the other difference that I think there is between – Major League Baseball and the NFL, uh, in some ways, even though there's you know, twice as many players once the season starts for football teams, the difference is, uh, in some ways, I think the NFL can make maybe a little bit more of a bubble for these guys because once the season begins, and, and this is part of the reason probably why there was no preseason, but you don't have to go and spend four, five, six days at a time in another city or multiple cities if you're on the road the way you would if you're a baseball team. And in NFL, I think you can pretty much pick up and move your entire operation to whatever city you have to be in on a Sunday afternoon and then pick up and move right back. So that's less time for guys to go out and do things around town that might get you caught up. Uh, it's just straight up less travel in a lot of ways. So uh, on one hand, yeah, I'm confident that the NFL will see uh, that there are ways to make this work. And on the other hand, there's just so many guys, and, and the fact that we've already seen it happen in Major League Baseball makes me wonder if it is unavoidable for a, a major uh, outbreak like that to happen and, and possibly postpone or even cancel games. Yeah, uh, I do share in that sentiment in terms of just the sheer number of people that are going to have to abide by and cooperate and put others before themselves. I know from personal experiences, I mean, even when you travel on the road, and you're only in a town for maybe 24 hours, and that's including the game, there's still people. <laughs> <laughs> you have a three-hour window. It's still people that find ways <laughs> to get themselves into predicaments. Eight, <laughs> eight times most. Can you avoid that just eight times? You know, but you see, that's eight the thing. Eight times. But we're seeing eight times just here in Pittsburgh. Not eight times in Miami. <laughs> not eight times in Jacksonville. Not eight times in L.A. <laughs> Or, or you get these teams that aren't contending. Because I think in Pittsburgh, I honestly think that we'll be fine because of the the legit opportunity, uh, the the legitimate opportunity to win a championship. When you look at all the contenders, I think those teams will buy into this mindset from top to bottom. But when you're talking about a team that's going to be below 500 and they still have to go and play a 16 game season, when you're sitting at two and ten, two and nine, you're like. Those are the teams, those are the group of guys that I'm concerned about in terms of them still being able to buy into the whole thought process of, hey, man, we're going to lock in, we're going to do this thing the right way. Yeah, I hear you, and that makes sense. And uh, it's it's one of those, uh, I've seen people calling it hypocritical that, um, you know, the, the NFL is telling its players they're not allowed to go to sporting events, and, and yet the NFL itself hasn't even canceled 
uh, all fans at games <laughs> just yet to this point. So yeah, I get that. It seems like the Steelers, uh, as a franchise, are getting closer and closer to uh, basically admitting that uh, reduced capacity is going to turn to no capacity. Uh, and and we'll, we'll see in, in the end. I mean, uh, it's just I, I get what you're saying, Moses. It's, it's a little naive to think the players are still going to go out to restaurants during the week, especially here in Pittsburgh where, where we are one of the cities where you can still do that. You can still do indoor dining at, at certain places. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to take a lot of discipline uh, for guys that, uh, you know, they, they've made it this far in, in life and in their sport for a reason because uh, they've been stubborn enough to, to be good at, at what they want to do. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, you've got to be committed to it. And, and we'll see if all these things can come together here and make it work. Now, you said a key word in that sentence that has reminded me of my quarrel with you. Committed. Oh, committed. Okay, okay, okay. Now, when I think of the word commitment, I think of, like, this is me and you. We're exclusive here, right? Me, you, and Wes. Good friend of the show, Brian Backo. Brian Backo don't come on and talk to nobody else but me and Wes, right? Right? That, that's what I think. And, and, and it's been times where, you know, you've been on vacation and we alter our schedule. We don't fill your spot with a different guest. But... You know, I, I just thought that your level of commitment was the same as my level of commitment. But but to my surprise, I, I have to take a, a day trip somewhere where I end up not being able to be here. And I'm under the assumption that the Brian Batco, good friend of the show, hasn't changed his phone number since the seventh grade, was going to wait a day to get on the line with me. But to my surprise, to my heartbreak, to my hurt. I see that you hop on a call on the show with Wesley Eula and Adam Crowley. What is Becco? Talk go, to me, baby. Go Talk Mountaineers. To me. Wait, what's, what's going on here? Huh? Oh, okay. Well, number one, most, I think this is kind of a, a lose-lose situation for me because if I hadn't done it, I'd be getting criticized by Wes for, for walking out of the once again. And also, I think some of these gripes, they go above me. I mean, number one, that is true. you got to yell at, at Wes for even letting me come Whoa, on. Whoa, look at you passing the blame. I didn't know that you would be back the next day. And like, maybe there's someone above West. You could have had like just a greatest hit of, of most, uh, most interviews or something. Hey, now so, you're talking. Uh, a lot of other ideas here uh, rather than just throwing me under the bus and then her hitting reverse and backing up. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is this. When I talked to Wesley Euler the day before, I said, hey, man. So, you know, I got to go. He said, yeah, without a doubt. I said, so, look, we're going to do a backup. Are you going to have him come on the next day? Wes said, yeah, man, you know, I'm not going to let Backo come up here without you. I got your back. I said, okay, back. <laughs> he told me, he said, I got your back. I would never let him do that. So, you could just imagine when I come in the next day and he's like, Backo called us. <laughs> I was like, whoa, he did what? Yeah, he said, he said, Backo called us and said, look, I don't care where Moats is. He should have took his vacation when I took my vacation. He's on my schedule now. <laughs> So oh, I'm feeling man, type I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure I was available uh, the next day. I tell you what, I'll fellas. I can look at my calendar. Yeah, I'm just like yeah. Yeah, what it comes down to is trust and commitment, and uh, right. I guess we were on different, uh, yeah, different wavelengths in terms of whether we were in an open relationship <laughs> or whether we were. Exclusive. Yeah, what's the Facebook status? Is it's complicated at this point? It, it's, it's, it's entangled now. right now. That's it's what's entangled. going on. It's entangled. <laughs> A lover's quarrel. Yeah. 
well, just letting you know that. I can't, so, so that's how I feel I gotta, right now. I gotta right? step in here, all right? Because I can't let us go out like this, all right? Because this is gonna be our last Thursday, twelve twenty with Backo for a while. Because you know we're going big time, three to six, starting next week. You, you see what you done did? It, it's a snowball effect. <laughs> this would have never happened <laughs> if you would if you would have just waited a day. It would never happen. But instead, now, now they want to move around the time. The call back. Now I gotta see if I get the call back for the three to six. Show. I mean, I'm saying, wow. A contract, uh, a contract week for me. <laughs> contract <laughs> week. I tell you, what, we're all going to hold out ahead of training camp. You, we're, we're negotiating a holdout right now, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> well, we can get you in on this backup if you want in on this holdout, too. Uh, just say the word. All right, mom's the word. Have your people call my people. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he has not changed his number since the seventh grade, even if he might change his show appearance time for the next <laughs> month or so. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Find his work there. Follow him on Twitter, at Brian Backo and hear him on SNR Weekly. Buddy, we appreciate the time as always, and uh, you know we'll, we'll talk to you next week at some point. We'll make it work. No doubt, and I appreciate the loyal 1220 Thursday listeners. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, Brian Backo, best in the business. Yeah, I mean, he's part of the Photoshops now, so he really is, he is. part of the he he's part of the gang and uh, always good to chop it up with that guy. But yeah, um, for those who might have missed it, at the beginning of the show, next week we are switching three to six with SNR training camp coverage going full tilt next week, baby. 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. coverage here. Uh, Steelers training camp coverage on SNR. You'll have Mozi and I for an extra hour from three to six. A little moving and shaking here for the next month or so of training camp. Speaking of training camp, Mike Tomlin spoke this morning, and he had some real interesting things to say about what he expects uh, from training camp this year for the rookies, for Ben Roethlisberger, a bunch of different things that the head coach of your Pittsburgh Steelers touched on. We will hear from him on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here on a Thursday on the Steelers Blitz when Arthur Motes, you know, normally right about this time. What usually happens right about this time? Well, we'd be getting gearing up close for uh, Steelers practice, full padded practice. You know, if this was a yeah, normal first off, first off, normal don't, training don't, camp don't timeline. Don't even say that, bro, because it gives me bad flashbacks. <laughs> My shoulder got sore just when you said full pads. <laughs> I st- like I promise you, like I instantly thought of like, yo, I gotta put pads on today. Oh no, like that almost just killed my whole vibe. I'm just like, I don't think people understand. Like, you do training camp enough, man. That it scars you. PTSD. Bro, every July and August, I have nightmares. I get sweats. It's bad. I try to go to sleep, and I'm just like, huh? My alarm went off. Was I late? Am I good? I'm on time. Did I miss the meeting? Oh, all right, cool. Oh, it was just a dream. Like, I, guys, on the truth, I, I promise you, I think I'm the only person that has, like, football nightmares. Like, you know, most people are like, hey, man, do you ever get the itch to come back and play? I'm like, no, like, I've had numerous <laughs> dreams and, and I get it, the itch that I am playing and my like, life's like, over. Like, I had a dream, man. No lie. It was probably two weeks ago. I had a dream. I was back in Arizona. I'm going to the locker room. My helmet's there. And I'm like, no. No. I said I would never do this again. No. And my son's like, daddy, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm bawling, crying. Then I had another dream. I was in another team in another locker room. And I was like, I said I would never do this. 
gosh, and I'm here again, man. I'm playing football again. Oh, man. I, just, I said I was never going to hurt anyone again, and now I got to do it all, man. And I'm, like, reading this Bible, like, I will not hurt anybody. I will not. Like, it was crazy, bro. Like, that's the type of dreams I have, man, when it comes to football and when it comes to training camp. Like, why, why can't I have a nice dreams about, oh, yeah, I'm scoring a touchdown. I'm getting a sack. No. Nope. It's, like, just, oh, dark, gloomy, like, oh, I can't believe I'm back. I said I was never going to do it. <laughs> what am I doing? No. <laughs> it's terrible, man. It's terrible. So, yeah, the, you know, Don't the, be training like me, camp, the training camp nightmares <laughs> for Arthur Motes roll along. It's, it's different. It's going to be different, right? It, we know this. These next couple weeks of training camp are going to be unusual, peculiar, different than normal, obviously, from the setting where we have them. Hold on, Just, hold on, hold on. Is it safe to say that they might be unpresent? Oh, wow. you know what? That's a really good term. You know what? I'm surprised I didn't think. Well, of, how come everybody hasn't been using that? Dude, over, over I have the last no, five it, months. Listen, listen. It just came to me. It was like an epiphany. It was just unprecedented. Just thinking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that will remain the same, right? We will try our best to talk to Steelers coaches, Steelers players, all that to bring you that audio, that content on the daily, like we normally do during training camp. Well, that guess, heat. guess what? What? Mike Tomlin uh -huh. spoke to the media today uh, for the first time to, you know, his kind of his opening of training camp, if you will. Good evening. Press Did he say conference. good evening? If he didn't say good evening, it wasn't a press good morning. Whoa. Because it was, you know, it was like 10 o'clock this morning, and we know attention to detail, Motsi. You're right. You know, the minutia. The minutia is important. So we'll Absolutely. see here. We'll see if he said good morning or good, good. afternoon or good morning. if he just went right into it. Good evening. Uh, Mike Tomlin this morning talking to the Pittsburgh media ahead of training camp. He's asked about Ben Roethlisberger. He's asked about rookies. He's asked about... Having training camp at Heinz Field. Did he say questions? Well, <laughs> let's find out. Here is Mike Tomlin for the first time this season, the start of the new season, opening up training camp, a different training camp, with his media availability today. Long time no see, man. Glad to be with you guys. Glad to get this process uh, started. Um, it is a unique circumstance, uh, but it's unique for everybody, and we're all kind of feeling our way. I know one thing. I, I, I speak to the group. Um, when, when I express the sentiment that we're all excited. Um, we miss football, man. We, we're glad to get, get, get moving. Uh, we got a lot of respect for this environment that we're in, and uh, we're working our tails off to familiarize ourselves and adhere uh, to the COVID protocols and an effort to keep the individuals and, and thus the collective group um, safe as we can possibly be in the midst of this. So uh, we got a lot of things going on. It's exciting. We're trying to familiarize ourselves with the young people. Um, obviously, we've been working with those guys virtually um, for several months, but to be in the same physical space with them and have an opportunity to give and receive information and get to know them more intimately has been a positive thing over the last number of days. And uh, we're excited and have a great deal of urgency about continuing that uh, because we all acknowledge that uh, this preseason process that we're going through is abbreviated and different in a lot of ways. And uh, We'll, we'll be continually gaining an understanding about what those differences are. Uh, in the short term, we just have a great deal of urgency and respect for that, uh, and we need to respect that in everything that we do daily and how, we work, and how we work. And so I'll open it up for questions with those things being said. All right, first question, Mike Pursuta from WDBE. Mike, go ahead. How's it going, Mike? Uh your offensive coordinator, Randy Fickner, yesterday uh, made reference to getting the rookies involved without the traditional rookie transitional steps, OTAs and the like. Will there be more of an emphasis this year on just figuring out what they can do and doing that 
as opposed to preparing them, you know, all-encompassing uh, everything that their job is supposed to entail? You know, I don't know that our agenda relative to their development changes. Uh, the time in which we have to develop them and the access to them is what's different. So there's a different urgency. Um, and, and there's, you know, there's an acceleration of the process, if you will. But in terms of the things that we need to, the boxes we need to check with them, the ways in which we get to know them and things of that nature, that is unchanged. Um, we also have to acknowledge in this, in this environment um, that they'll probably be, be, probably will be less of, of a finished product as they step into regular season stadiums in 2020 uh, than they are um, in normal circumstances. But um, that won't be exclusive to our rookies. That will be global. So it'd be prudent for all of us globally to be thoughtful, particularly at the early stages of the season, about what we ask our young guys to do because of those circumstances. Next question is from Brooke Pryor, ESPN.com. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Yesterday, Randy said that he thought Ben would get out on the field yesterday and throw a little bit. And he said to that point, he hadn't seen him throw in real life. Have you had an opportunity to see him throw? And, and did he throw out on the field at Heinz yesterday? We didn't have him throw here yesterday. We've really been focusing on getting to know these young guys. Um, but obviously, he's been throwing, and that throwing has been going well. Um, we like where he is. Uh, we don't have any reservations about um, him being a fluid participant in this training camp process. Okay, next question is from Dale Lawley from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dale, go ahead. And, Mike, uh, you've always been a guy who has uh, competition periods throughout all your practices. Do you need to do that even more this year, or do you do it the same, given the lack of uh, preseason games, to get a good look at some of these guys? You know, the, 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 the live opportunities and looks um, are, are really framed by the collective, the collective bargaining uh, in this environment, we all have parameters. We get 14 padded practices. We all globally get those. Um, if we're smart, we're going to utilize those padded practices uh, to evaluate. We're going to utilize those padded practices um, to, to teach, to, to get to know people. Um, and, and so just live action is, is just a part of that. We've done that in the past and, and probably even more so in this environment for obvious reasons not getting an opportunity to have preseason games and such. Uh, we want to have an a, a understanding of what we're going to get from people as we go into New York in the opener. And the only way to do that is to put that ball on the ground, spot it, and play football. So that's what we intend to do. Okay, next question is from Jerry Dulac from the PG. Jerry, go ahead. Hey, uh, Mike, I think the last time we chatted, uh, we were going and you were going under the assumption that there would be preseason games. Of course, there weren't. How much more problematic is that for you? Maybe not even just from an evaluation process, but maybe just a, a physical process getting ready for the regular season. You know, I think we're going to all discover that. Um, I've been in the league 20 years. I've never been in, the, been in a, a situation like this where we're going into it uh, without the opportunity to have preseason games. So, you know, I feel like I have an understanding of the issues and what's required and in the process that we need to take our guys through in order for them to be ready. But I think all of us collectively are going to uh, be feeling our way to some degree there and, and, and it possibly be, uh, you know, issues get revealed to us along the way. 
And uh, so we got to have a hardcore plan, but we also have to be light on our feet and be thoughtful, particularly about the things that we ask inexperienced players to do uh, as we divvy up and define roles. It's just going to be a component of it. Thanks, Mike. Okay, next question is from Jim Wetzel from 247 Sports. Jim, go ahead. Okay, we'll move on to Joe Rudder from the Trib. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Mike. Um, have you gotten a chance yet at all to, I mean, I know you know from the past, but with Eric Ebron, you know, to see what he looks like coming in here, and do you think you'll be able to use, you know, multiple tight ends on the field this season? You know, we're, we're familiar with Ebron's talent. We've played him uh, quite a bit since he's been in the league. Uh, we're excited about acquiring him and adding him to our offensive mix. Uh, he's a talented guy with a, with a unique skill set for his position. We're excited about carving out a role and, and highlighting those talents. And, you know, some of it may include multiple tight end personnel groups. Some of it may not. Um, that's a, a, a thing that's going to be ironed out through this process. Uh, he's a viable receiving option and one that we're going to uh, be excited about getting familiar with utilizing. Next question comes from Jenna Horner from Channel 11. Jenna, go ahead. Hey, Mike. What's impressed you the most about the rookies and just kind of how they've handled this very, very different, strange situation here? You know, I don't know that I've been uniquely impressed at this juncture. I don't know that, they, that they've had an opportunity to based on what it is that we're doing. Um, we're thoughtful about working our way uh, into this training camp uh, like work for two specific reasons. And National Football League has been very thoughtful about it. Uh, we want to control uh, the COVID environment as we bring people together and minimize the impact um, potentially of that as we get started. And also we wanted to have an emphasis on conditioning, acknowledging that we've been working remotely all offseason. So to this juncture, it hadn't been a lot of football. It's been a lot of teaching, a lot of conditioning and things of that nature uh, for those reasons. Next question comes from Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Um, you routinely tell the guys not to be that guy when it comes to sending them off the bye week. Um, with that in mind, how do you stress the 20, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids that you know may not be here in six weeks that their off-the-field decisions in this climate could have a significant effect on the season. Do you make, how do you make them understand that, and is that a daily message? You message it thoughtfully. You use catchphrases, and you guys know I like catchphrases, but what you're talking about is conduct that is detrimental. And that's a term that's used often in our business, and appropriately so, uh, because in this COVID environment, if you're not exercising discretion and being thoughtful about how you move, that conduct is detrimental to your cause, and to ours collectively. And so that's the messaging that I'm delivering to those guys. Um, you know, we got to conduct ourselves accordingly. There's been a lot of work to position ourselves to be where we are right now. Um, you know, it's, it's one fail, all fail in this environment. And so we're going to continue to package the messaging that way um, and be very transparent. It is that. It's conduct detrimental to their efforts and ours. Next question is from Jeff Hathorn from 93.7 The Fan. Jeff, go ahead. 
Hey, Mike, you mentioned conditioning. Uh, how have you found the conditioning of the, of the team as they've reported and also not just physically but mentally? How, how have they studied and how do you feel that they've adapted? You know, I feel good about the level of physical conditioning that I've witnessed thus far. Uh, in terms of the mental readiness, it just hadn't been a lot of opportunities to, to display that at this juncture. We're not breaking the huddle and playing football and executing assignments. Oftentimes, a guy can articulate what it is you've, been, you've taught him, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he can execute it. So we're reserving judgment in terms of some of those things until we get an opportunity to watch them execute a lot of the things that, that we've instructed, not only this week, but even dating back to the very beginnings of this process that we've started virtually. A few more questions here. Next one is Rich Walsh from KDKA TV. Rich, go ahead. All right, moving on. We're going to go to Tim Benz from the Trib. Tim, go ahead. Mike, uh, I was wondering, based on what Randy said yesterday, made the point about Ben Roethlisberger coming back, the excitement they're in, but at the same time impressing upon all the offensive guys. Just because he's back, you still got to work on your own stuff and be good on your own. To that end, specifically with Juju Smith-Schuster, what did the staff tell him about where they want his game you guys want his game to improve this season independent of who the quarterback is throwing him the football. What Randy was as we go Juju and the rest of the veterans to this point are still in the testing stage. We haven't began formal uh, the formal process with those guys. So, you know, those type of conversations that you suggest have not transpired to this point in any formal way. Okay, next question is from Aditi Kinkabala from NFL Network. Aditi, go ahead. Hey, Coach Tomlin. Um, how – you have a few weeks before you actually get them in pads. How is the teaching and the instruction different right now, or what is the work that you are doing that is different right now than what you did virtually in the spring? And also, do you have any expectations that any of your players will opt out? You know, the work that we're doing right now in, in person, obviously, is very different than the, the virtual work. Um, you know, just the, the physical clues that you pick up as you communicate pe with people when you're in the same space. The body language, man, there's more opportunities for feedback for the players to express understanding, to get further clarification for you as a teacher to feel them and, and get a sense of, uh, the overall intake. So we're working in a very different environment. Um, there's a sense of urgency because of the challenges that the circumstances have presented. Um, and we're just pushing our way through that. Uh, in regards to the opt-outs, I have a lot of time. And very much a part of these circumstances that people have to make individual decisions and if and when those things come up, we'll deal with them appropriately. Two more quick ones. We'll go to Guy Junker from Channel 4. Guy, go ahead. Okay, the last one, I believe I uh, inadvertently cut Jerry off. Jerry, go ahead with uh, your final question. Mike, part of your answer there got gar uh, garbled what Aditi asked about opt-outs. Could you, could you repeat that? Yeah, I said um, I hadn't spent a lot of time trying to anticipate um, potential opt-outs. Those are very individual decisions, and we're respectful of those. And 
And so we'll just deal with them if and when uh, they arise. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you everyone. Thanks coach. Hey guys, I, I appreciate, just in general, I appreciate um, you guys throughout all of this. I recognize these are unusual circumstances. Um, I look forward to maybe accommodating you guys in, in whatever ways we need to accommodate you. So if you have additional questions and things come up, uh, please reach out to Bert, man. I'm going to work my tail off to give you guys what it is you need. I understand that this environment is a challenge for you as well, and I want to do my part in terms of lessening that uh, if and when I can. Well, thanks, Coach. I'm glad to hear that. We appreciate it. He's, he's so, the he's best, so man. He's accommodating. He's the best. He, he, is. He, he puts others in front of himself. He knows that you know a lot of media people have been laid off, a lot of jobs going away, and that could even potentially continue as you know we're in the middle of this pandemic, and who knows what sports looks like for the rest of 2020 going forward and into 2021. But great stuff there from Mike Tomlin, obviously at the end, and I, I think he means that too, Motsi, because we know like. While Mike Tomlin is an approachable guy, while he's a nice guy, he's not approachable when it comes to media. He's not exactly <laughs> chummy with the media. Like he's not a big jerk, no, yeah. but he's not exactly chummy either. Yeah, that that for him to say that is very nice. Obviously, a lot that he you, touched on. You saw on my there. reaction when he talked. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, really? I know, right? I wish, I wish that, everyone could have seen. Most did of did the he really mean that? Like, Wait a second. Did he now? Did he mean that, or did Bert write that? Oh, I said, who, who's responsible for those words? <laughs> We're overdue for a break here, but when we come back, we'll have hour number two of the show we'll get into some of that stuff from training camp as well as a little three question thursday and uh when we return here ooh, our list of the day the nfl's best tight ends we'll get into all of that in hour number two as well as your tweets at wesley euler at the body 52 the body you're listening to steelers blitz on snr Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Saucy. Well, that's good. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, hour number two. It's Steelers Blitz. On SNR, and we've got our list of the day today, Arthur Motes. It's you didn't our, say it. What? Our, our topic du jour. Our topic du jour. <laughs> <laughs> On the penultimate I, day I look, of this I week. I look forward to you saying these things. Topics. Le topic du jour. Yeah, I just feel oh. so like... Bougie when you, you know, say every that. time I say that, I feel like uh, like I'm off the set of Ratatouille or something. Ratatouille. You know? And ravioli. What do you mean, the mouse knows how to cook? The mouse knows how to cook the proper seasoning. The ratatouille? It's, ratatouille. A, it's a peasant dish. <laughs> that movie, uh, Wifey and I watched that, I think, like Tuesday night, falling asleep, mm. because it is on TV every single day, ratatouille it somewhere. Is. But I'm not complaining. I like All it. Right, I dig show. it. Arthur Mutt's top 10 tight ends. All right, we know the drill. We're doing three at a time here. Going back and forth. I always go first because then Moats could dunk on me or he can agree with me. Wow. Let's Here rock and I roll. I was thinking I was going to go first today. <laughs> All right. Guess you already caught it, so go ahead. Proceed. As we proceed to give you what you need, it's your top three tight ends in the National Football League. I got to think we're on the same wait page a minute with this now, top Wait three. a minute, though. I thought we, you're not going to list Jeremy's first? 
That's true. You're right. Yeah, I should I run mean, through. that is typically what you do. You're right. Here you go. See, See? here's why I need you. Just, you know, I'm you about keep to say, me, don't, don't, don't keep back me, me now. Don't right. back on me so, now. Start changing up. Reminder, what gave us the inspiration to do this, Jeremy Fowler, who used to work here in Pittsburgh. The now Jeremy he's, Fowler. Now he's the national uh, ES, or, uh, national staff writer, NFL ES staff away. writer <laughs> for the for ESPN. You see him on SportsCenter. His articles are on ESPN.com all the time. He's a good dude. He's big time now. He's got a touch of Yinzer in him. For that, we appreciate him. And he is big time, as, as Motsi said. Like, like seriously, you'll see him on SportsCenter multiple times a week. Um, he asked more than 50 league executives, coaches, and scouts for the top 10 players at every single position. So before we get to our list, you're right, Motsi, this is how we do it. Here is what said scouts and executives and coaches had to say. Number one, George Kittle. His highest ranking was one. His lowest ranking was three. Number two, Travis Kelsey, the same. His highest ranking was one. His lowest ranking was was three. Number three, Zach Ertz. His highest ranking was three, lowest ranking six. Number four, Rob Gronkowski, who somehow was ranked number one overall by somebody. I mean, how could you not rank him number one overall? What do you mean? <laughs> His lowest ranking was seven. Number five, Darren Waller. <laughs> highest ranking four, lowest ranking 11. Number six, Mark Andrews of those purple ratbirds in Baltimore. His highest ranking was five. His lowest ranking was 12. Number seven, Evan Ingram of the New York Football Giants. His highest ranking was one. Lowest mm. ranking was 13. That's a that's a sizable gap there in evaluation. Number eight, Hunter Henry. Highest ranking five. Lowest ranking 13. Number nine, Austin Hooper. Recent Cleveland Brown edition. His highest ranking was four. Lowest spot on the list, 14. And rounding out the top 10, Jared Cook of Arthur Motes' New Orleans Saints. His highest ranking was five. Lowest spot, 13th. And then also receiving votes. It looks like we got six other guys here. So they went 16 deep. Tyler Higby of the Rams, Dallas Goddard of the Eagles, uh, Jonah Sanu of the Titans, Kyle Rudolph of the Vikings, Gerald Everett of the Rams, and Noah Fant, the young guy, out in Denver. All right, Arthur Motes. Uh, this isn't really that dramatic, honestly. My top three is the same exact top three. Number one, I got serious. Number one, I got George Kittle. Wow. Number two, I got Travis Kelsey, and then that's where the gap is. By the way, is after those two. Serious. And I still. Wow, I'm a little surprised by you. Still, I've still got Arts at three, but I in the past, Motsi, like wow. two years ago, I would have said that the gap is after Arts. Okay. Well, I guess Gronk would have been in the conversation too at, at that point too, but I would have had Arts as kind of the end of the gap. Okay. I, I again, I think he's the clear cut third best guy for me. I just don't know if he's as close to Kittle and Kelsey as opposed to the other guys as maybe I have in years past. Um, maybe some of that was just the offense was decimated with injuries last year, including Ertz himself. I don't know, but I still do have him Are at three. Are you saying it was Super Bowl hype? What? 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 Super no. Bowl hype, ESPN body edition, now we're crowning him? What? <laughs> <laughs> Say it isn't so. Uh, Zach, Zach Ertz, I still think, is, is very productive. He's still in his 20s, so I don't think he's necessarily going to slow down here. Um, Dallas Goddard could take some of that spin away from him, but I still think just in terms of listing guys that I would want at the tight end position right now, for me, the top three is easy, and then it gets very difficult. Kittle one, Kelsey two, 
Zach Ertz, number three. What say you, Arthur Motes? Well, you know I got to agree with you, man. Uh, Kittle, shout out to Kittle, by the way. He was the uh, highest rated tight end ever on the top 100 list, surpassing Gronk's record. Hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, I want to say, top five. Shout out to that. Also, shout out to Michael Thompson. We'll get to that at another time, since I was right on both occasions. <laughs> Julio and DeAndre Hopkins, but that's neither here nor there. So Kittle definitely Wait, is that on. number. What, what about DeAndre Hopkins? Oh yeah, my boy Michael Thomas is in front of him too. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But remember who no, had no, Hopkins no. on their as their no, second you, best you receiver. Did. In and the I NFL. said, and I said you were wrong two times because you had two people ahead of Michael Thomas. Remember that? I did. Yeah, I uh, got the second guy right though. No, you didn't. Both of them guys were wrong. I had Hopkins second best receiver in the NFL. That's what they said. No, no, no. Did you see the top one hundred list? Yeah. Yeah, Michael, Michael Thomas one, DeAndre Hopkins not like in. I'm talking wide receivers. Yeah, Thomas yeah. one, Hopkins two, Julio yeah. three. So I'm telling you, my guy got your both of your guys. He did, he did. But yeah. I, but yeah. I, but we got yeah. as many spots on our list correct. That's cool, as long as I was right. <laughs> because you had Thomas one right, and then Julio, and then yeah. Hopkins. I think something like that. I had Julio Hopkins. Thomas. Yeah. So we both missed on the third spot. Anyways, please continue. With Either way, I was right. You were wrong. We'll get to that I'm later. I'm always wrong. Motes yeah. is always right. That's just All the way right. she goes. So, so, like I said, man, Kittle, Kelsey, definitely the one and two. I got Ertz at three. Um, Ertz, like I said, still productive. I'm not going to hold last year against him. But that does give you a little context of where I go after that if I'm not going to hold last year against him because there is another tight end that is up here in the top five that I'm not holding last year against either. All okay. Right? Okay. So, that's where we are with it, man. So those are my top three, man. They're matching you right now. So we've got the same top three. I like it. I like it, Arthur Motes. Now, like I said, this is where it got difficult for me. I mean, there's like four guys that I could put it fourth here. For mm-hmm. four through seven, I don't feel crazy strongly about any of these you know guys what I'm as opposed to with, the others. With tight end, hmm. It's different than running back and linebacker in the sense of like, you have different tiers. Yes, and like, the tiers okay, are clearly defined. Yeah, this right here. So you have the top two to three guys, and after that is personal preference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want a possession guy? Do you want a guy who can run? Do you right. want a guy who can do it all? Do you want this guy who's done it in the past but not necessarily recently? Like, yeah. It's, it, oh. Yeah, I was not a fan of this at all. And with personal preference, Motsi, no. I want a guy who can stretch the field. Ooh, okay. Who you got? Who you got? <sighs> Who you going with? I got Evan Ingram number four. Whoa! I know. What? How about that? Wow! How about that? What? The best receiving threat left of all these guys, I think. Dude! Is that fair at least? Um, Is that fair to say that he's the best receiving tight end of everybody left uh, on the list? Fair? No. Not fair. Gronk is still on that list. Oh, see, I think we disagree there, but we'll get, we'll get to that. You think Evan Ingram's a better receiver? Right now. In terms of running routes or in terms of combat catches? Because I'm thinking I'm combat talking, catches. I'm talking as a downfield threat. So running routes. Yes. But he's the most athletic out of any of these guys, too. Uh, Evan Ingram? Yeah. yeah I would yeah. agree. I would, yeah, in I terms of like his certainly. speed and what he's able to do, certainly. without a doubt. Yeah. But in terms of... He's like, a poor man's Gronk. Yes. But when I think of like deep, like a downfield threat, I think of a guy who's gonna who can make combat like catches. Like Jimmy Graham was. Right, right. Because we know, all right, you might run by a linebacker. They put a safety on you. Now you got a combat catch. Hmm. That's what I think when I think of my downfield threats. That's fair. But no, but Ingram, Ingram though, but I, I mean, he's a mismatch, bro. I mean, he's four, what, low 4 4, 4 4, 1 4 4, 2, something yeah. like that. Like, he could fly. Yeah. I've yeah. got, I've got, because like you said, personal preference, I've got Ingram at four, Mark Andrews five, Gronk six, okay. Darren Waller seven. Those are my next four. And then I think that's yeah. kind of where the tier is as well, too, there for See, me. See, we would have been the exact same again, different, uh, different spots, but the exact same group. I just dropped Ingram. I'm, 
I don't know. I'm still warming <laughs> up to Ingram, man. And, and I think a little bit is because of like the QB situation that he's sure. had to deal with as well. Sure. That definitely has played into it. But for me, at four, I want Mark Andrews. I, I mean, even though he's in Baltimore, I, I still I'm a fan of his game. I like what he's able to do. It's very complete, very very complete player. Like you said, he's he, still so young. He could get super better. Super young. I was 23, 24 years I old. I think he just turned 24. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is like he's not like a, a Ertz or a Kelsey or a Kittle. He's not on that caliber, but he's still very productive. And what he does in that uh, in that Ravens offense, he fits it perfectly. So, yeah, Mark Andrews at four. At five, man, I went with Gronk. I told you I'm not going to hold last year against him. <laughs> he took a year off. He got into the cryo chamber. He, he's coming back like Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. You don't want any problems with this man, all right? You don't, you don't want, want zero any problems, problems, big fella. Yeah, so with Gronk, I mean, trust me, if Gronk played last year, he would be – Top one or top one or two on this list, but because he took a year off, I have to take that into context. That's why I have him at five. But let's be real about it. If it's a healthy Gronk out there this oh. year, he's only way. If I'm 32, he's 31. No, we actually same class, but I think he came out a year early, so he'd be 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's young. Yeah, he's fine. A year away from the game, a, a year less hits. He's still back with his same quarterback in a more talented mm-hmm. offense than he ever had in New England. Less attention on him for yeah. sure. So for me, man, I, I'm extremely excited to see him hop right back up to that number one spot because we know that's what he's capable of. And he's a guy that checks all the boxes. He can block. He can run down the field. Combat. That, like That's my thing. When I think, Ty, I want to see, can you catch in traffic? Hmm. Because we know tight ends, it's, it's rare that they get a the, lot of separation. The, a lot of separation. They're not like wide receivers <laughs> yeah. where you're out in space. Like, no, you, you got to be able to catch with two or three defenders on you, and you know you're going to get hit. And then hold on to that yeah, ball. Yeah, you know you're going to take a shot. Yeah. Gronk consistently has done it at the highest level on the highest stage. So only he's only at five because he had a year off. That's it. All right, at number six, though, I went with uh, with Darren Waller. Okay. I mean, it's hard to not appreciate what he was able to do last very year under- in Oakland and what underrated. he's going to do yeah. in L.A. this year. I mean, uh, in Vegas this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, he, he's like I said. Very underrated, I think, because he plays for the Raiders. That's why he's underrated. If he was anywhere else, oh, if he we, was on the be, if he was on the Saints, yes, if he was on the Ravens so more, or he was on the Tampa Bay Bucks, yeah, he's he's a talented tight end. Because he's another guy, this big, big speed. I Man, you talk about uh, Evan Ingram. This dude, say sub four five four four type of guy as well, man. Big body guy who could just run and just. Yeah. That, that you're looking for those bigger body mismatch he's a, guys. He's a mismatch guy. Yeah. That's what made Gronk so good. That's what makes a Kelsey so good. Even a Kittle, like, because they're bigger than your linebackers, they can run faster than them. They're, they're, they can run faster than your linebackers, but then when it's time to put a safety on them, they're too big for the safeties, and that's how you create those mismatches. And when you're able to catch the, the combat catching element of that, Man, it's a nightmare for a defender. So, Darren Waller definitely is at number six for me. Eighth in the NFL last year in yards after catch. Like, not amongst tight ends, amongst everybody. Eighth in the NFL last year in yards after catch. And then, because you you went four through seven, correct? To seven, yeah. Yeah, so at seven, I have Austin Hooper. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see what that looks like, though, for him in Cleveland. It is. I mean, we're banking on. It well, sure you're banking is. on Baker. <laughs> you stop it. You stop it. <laughs> I'm still a little banking uh, on Baker to be back at Oklahoma as, a, as an assistant on the staff in a couple years. I, I'm a little skeptical of him still, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, man, Austin Hooper. We know what he was able to do. You know where he was with um, the Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, with, with Matt Ryan. That's what yep. I was trying to say. Matt, with Matt Ryan, we saw what he was able to do there. How productive he was. We know Matt Ryan. The type of quarterback he is is very consistent. Uh, uh, just a very, very good quarterback. We know that he's always going to be a top 15 quarterback in this league. He could take a little bit of a hit going to Cleveland, though. Along with the receiving group in Cleveland, 
it's a lot different than just having Julio and Calvin Ridley, who hasn't really stepped into that star status yet. You're, you're talking about an offense that already has Odell, it's already true. has Jar. Those 2,000-yard receivers last year. And they still got David Njoku. He hasn't been traded yet. So there could be a lot of miles that, that need to be fed. So that's the only mm-hmm. thing I'm a little leery about with Austin Hooper. Yeah. So for that reason, I have Austin Hooper at eighth. I mean, you have him at seven. I have him at eighth. Not a, a huge gap there. I'm with you. I think he's very talented. He was one of those guys, like he's eighth on this list, right? But, or sorry, ninth on Jeremy Fowler's list. But he had the highest, he had people ranking him as high as four on their list, NFL executives. So a very talented guy, uh, 25 years old, could still improve, signs that big deal with the Browns, goes from Matt Ryan to Baker Mayfield. Best of luck to the young man there. Uh, but yeah, he's at number eight for me. I, hmm. Yeah, I mean, now that we're kind of... Huh, yeah. I would only had him one spot higher. I guess it's not that it much of a difference. Bad. Austin Hooper at eight. and number nine, I went Hunter Henry. Mm. Uh, another guy who still in his mid I think he's another guy who's 24, 25 years old. Quarterback situation <sighs> with the Chargers gives man, me some health. pause. Quarterback and health right now. Health man, gives man. me some pause. I just, with this, like we were talking about, there's some names that I don't know, like... Where else could I have, you know, like I could have talked about a Noah fan. I could have talked about a Dallas man, Goddard. Man, stop, but stop, I think stop those being guys, enamored with young players, man. I love young players. That's all you, you naming all these young guys. It's I proven, love Noah fan. It's proven veterans. TJ Hawkinson. Nah, I'm cool on that. Oh, let me guess that's great. That's a great name. <laughs> number nine, Hunter Henry checks in on my list. And then number 10, Tyler Higby of the wow. Los Angeles Rams. Look yeah. at you. I know. Look at you. He's huge to that offense. I obviously could have gone with Jared Cook of the Saints there, but everybody wow. knows, you know, I just give the Saints so much love all the time that wow. I, I, I thought I'd spread it out. Uh, Jared Cook would be my first honorable mention, then probably Dallas Goddard, then maybe Kyle Rudolph. You got Dallas Goddard in front of Kyle Rudolph? Alphabetically. Oh. The disrespect. Alphabetically. Anywho. Honorable mentions are always just alphabetical. Anywho. Okay? Anywho. <laughs> What's the end of your list look like? All right, man. At number eight, I got to go with who that? Who that? Who that said we're going to beat them Wesley Eulis? <laughs> Jared Cook, man. Come on, man. Let's be real. We saw what he's been able to do. <laughs> I don't care if he's 33 years old. He's still got two more good years left. That's how I look at it, all right? And, I mean, let's be real. I'm, uh, apparently, <laughs> some of these executives, they had him as high as fifth on this list because he can be very impactful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on that offense, he's going to get a ton of action. That's the beauty of playing in New Orleans. They're going to spread the ball around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And his productivity was there. It's not as if, you know, he's coming off some terrible year. He's just been a consistent player. He's not going to ever be, you know, those top three, excuse me, a top three type of tight end in the league, but he's always going to be very consistent, reliable, and you know what you're getting with him. Then at number nine, man, I went with your young boy, Evan Ingram, right here, man. And, and this is the thing. I was torn between him and Hunter Henry. But I do think that Evan, number one, is a way better athlete. He's he's an athlete. Like like not even close. <laughs> and he, I think I mean he aside has, from like aside from Kittle and Kelsey, he's probably Yeah. At this point the best athlete on the list. Yeah. And then I'll probably go uh probably go Darren Waller after that. Yeah, or maybe Gronk. Yeah. Well I, I gotta wait well, I gotta I gotta see a little bit with Gronk. I gotta see like are, are you rested and rejuvenated Gronk or are you like rest the old beat or are up you Gronk? just like, yeah, this is your last last yeah. hoorah Gronk. <laughs> like yeah. like cause even though I mean, even the year where you know they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, it was like he made some big plays when he had to. Yeah, but he but looked he, like he was hurt. He looked like he was hurt. Yeah. So that's my only concern with that, man. But that's why I went with uh, Evan Ingram at nine. And then at number 10, man, I went with the Wiley veteran, man. I went with Kyle Rudolph. I thought about, you know, Noah Fan. I was like, you know, I, 
he was obviously the man coming out of Iowa. Him and his running mate, you TJ know, I, you know, I think highly of yeah. Noah Fant. I even thought about Dallas Garter, but I'm not gonna lie. Still, it's because I saw that video. If I would have never saw the video, I, I, I probably would have felt a lot more confident. You got about a soft it. chin. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah. It, the sleep button is is very active. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. Google. Just Google. Just Google. <laughs> All right. So that's my only issue. With Dallas Goddard right now. So that's why I said, man, win in doubt. Go with Old Faithful. He's not Jason Witten just yet in terms of just being an old man running out there with a uniform. He's not there, but he's more like Heath Heath's last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Heath's not going to run by you, but he's extremely savvy when it comes to running routes. Find he the pockets block. and coverage. Absolutely. He's going to catch everything. Like, that was the one thing with Heath. He was going to block, and he was going to make sure that he was going to find a way to get open and catch any pass you need. So that's the reason why I went with Kyle Rudolph at 10. Then from there, man, in terms of my honorable mentions, the guys I just named, Noah Fett, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, if he can. Wait, so Hunter Henry doesn't even make the honorable mentions? I was about to get to oh, okay, my last time. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. I I'm was just saying. taking a breath because just to say <laughs> Dallas Goddard, just, every time I say his name it reminds me of the sweet chin music. All right? Yeah. And that's my only issue. And see, it's funny. I thought Motsi would love Dallas Goddard because he's got two things going for him. One, his name's Dallas. You know, Moats' favorite And, and let me get you place. he's a 1AA guy, right? And he's an FCS guy. He didn't go to JMU, did he? But I thought you had love for your FCS guys, period, unless they were no, no, North no, Dakota no, no, State. No, 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 no. If you don't go to JMU, it's different. Like, I, I might like you, but I don't like you like you. You oh. feel me? I, I thought you liked Javon Hargrave. I'm going to have to break him the rough news. No, no. See, Hargrave went to, to South Carolina State. Oh, you're right. He wasn't yes. an FCS guy. No, no. That's, that's, wait, that is that's FCS, FCS, isn't it? Yeah. But that's MEAC. You see what I mean? Like, it's, it's levels to it. It's like if you're in the mm-hmm. SEC, you're not tripping on somebody in Conference USA. You're not tripping on somebody in the MAC. True. You know what I mean? True. But when, when I think of Dallas Garter, when I think of uh, um, uh, Carson Wentz, I'm like, oh, no, no. That that was like. You competed against yeah, those that, schools. Yeah, that's legit. Got like, you. we got issues. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so so when it comes to that, I'm not as as oh yeah, they're good. Go, go team, go. Nah, I'm, I'm weird. Like I I don't want any of the Oklahoma quarterbacks. Well, besides, it's hard to root against Kyler Murray. I don't want any of the Oklahoma quarterbacks to have success. You see what I mean? Because they used to beat WVU every yeah. year. But like, I'm cool with Patrick Mahomes because he was zero and two against the Mountaineers. You see what I mean? <laughs> like, so. it, it's different. It's, it's different. And the thing is, we balled out against uh, Dallas Goddard. I mean, obviously he was at uh, South, was South Dakota, Dakota State. State right? yeah. yeah, and we played him in the uh, the playoffs. Had a lot of success. Beat them and everything. But still, it's like. Nah, I ain't got uh, enough for those guys. Nah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't over no, here. I get it. I'll never be with you. Nah. I'll never be saying nice things about a, an Oklahoma player, or yeah. a Texas player. Shoot, man, it was times. Uh, who was the running back in in uh, for the Washington football team? It was uh, Tim Hightower. Yep. Yeah, so he played at Richmond, rival school. Ooh. So even though he would ball out and do his thing, I'm like, I'm not cheering for you. In fact, if I see, I want to knock you out. Like, yeah, just just because you went to that school. That's how it goes, man. Yeah, Joe uh, Flacco. Are you, are you a Joe Flacco? Y'all both one double eight? No, heck no. I mean, I like to play him because I always have success against him, but nah, that ain't my man's. Nah, he went to Delaware. It's an issue. Everything that you just described, yeah, exactly man. how I feel about LaShawn McCoy. Now, now, now you see why me and Coach Tommy got a love-hate <laughs> relationship. He went through and married. Boy, what? <laughs> what? I wish I would. <laughs> hey, guys, look at my best friend. He's a William Mary trap. What? Get out of here. Nah, not happening. Ain't about that life. Nah. Arthur Boats, Wesley Euler having a laugh on a Thursday. There's our top 10 tight end list. When we come back, we got to do what Arthur Moats loves to do on a mm-hmm, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Little three-question Thursday on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling. We'll answer them in the next 15, 20 minutes here or so. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Three questions for Arthur Motes on a Thursday. Let's get right into it here, partner. Three question Thursday, simple concept. Three question for Arthur Motes. Some relate to sports. Some are just random. And there's always usually a question about food, and that's where we begin here, Arthur Motes. Earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday, was National Chicken Wing Day in the United States. So, Arthur Motes, I need to know two things. One, your favorite wing place, period. And two, your favorite Pittsburgh wing spot. Oh, man. This is tough. Jeez. Favorite wing place in your life and then in Pittsburgh. And you could tell me that they're both the same place, I guess. Well, no, they're definitely not the same place because my life is going to be in Buffalo. I was trying yeah, to decide. I that was coming. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to decide which one of my Buffalo spots do I want to go with because, yep. uh, yeah, Barbell Lynn. Uh, I've never been phenomenal. there. Phenomenal. Big Tree Inn, which is right next to the I've stadium. I've never been there. That's some of the best wings I've ever had in my life. I like how you're not saying Duff's or Anchor Bar. You're going nah, with the Duff's Anchor Bar. That's commercial. Right, that's why, like everybody yeah. always asks me, right? Because I lived in Philly for three years. Well, what's better, Pat or Pat's or Geno's? Neither. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. The better ones are the ones that are on South Street. Right. That go, you've go, never go, heard go to of. Max's or something. Man. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but yeah. Anytime when you talk about Duff's. Anchor bars, it's like, all right, if you got family coming in tight, that's the tourist spot. You take them there. It's like going to Permanis. Yeah, yeah, just just so they can say they went. Yep. But for me, man, I'm probably going to go Big Tree in, just because it's literally, I mean, it was the one that was right next to the stadium in Buffalo. Still sits there. Anytime I go to Buffalo, in fact, I still order from there. I go there, then I go to Armor Inn, then I go to Barbell Inn, and then on my way out, because it's close to the airport, I hit Lenovo. But, yeah, yeah. I like it. Favorite Pittsburgh right. wing spot? Oh, man. Dude, this is tough too, man. It is tough. There's um, some good ones. William Penn Tavern's good. Big Shot Bob's is good. I actually am a Big Shot Bob's guy. I'm not even going to lie. Me too. But my favorite in Pittsburgh, Arthur Motes, is Insurrection. The, Insurrection? You know the brewery in Carnegie? It's not far yeah. from here. Dude, their wings are amazing. Now, hold on. I keep hearing about another spot. Oh, man. it's uh The Bottle Shop has really good wings no, 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 too. No, 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 Not the Bottle Shop. Mm-mm. It's like, was it Bingham? Bigham Tavern. That's what it is. Yeah. Good spot. Yeah. Another good spot. But yep. yeah, but, but my for favorite me, I'm Big Shot Bob. Insurrection. Man. Actually from a brewery are my favorite wings in Pittsburgh. And then my favorite wing spot in the world, Arthur Motes, is in Shemung, New Jersey. Okay. It's called the Piccadilly Inn. Mm. Oh, it's been in business since the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. They were the first place in New Jersey outside of Atlantic City to ever get a liquor license. Wow. <laughs> And I might be a little biased, all right, because my okay. wife's family might be the uh, the owners of this ah, place. I see what you did But the Piccadilly Inn in Shemung, New Jersey, Arthur Motes in 2014, I think it was, maybe 2014 yeah. or 2015, USA Today did top 25 wings in the mm-hmm. United States. The Piccadilly checked in at number 20. Nice. I yeah. like that. And so, here, here I was thinking you was going to say Magic City. <laughs> well, I mean, Jeez. that's off the air, you know. That's you, my you, favorite. You the lemon pepper I had to barbecue, give wifey man. love on you know the air, you know. No, but seriously, like, you always hear that, oh, like, my family business, it's so good, da 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 best wings ever, and I'm like, yeah, okay. When in 2012 or 13, whenever it was, that I went with yeah. Morgan for the first time. That's tight. They are delicious. That's so tight. that's like my that. favorite wings outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll I'm go not insurrection gonna lie. When I saw everybody, Pittsburgh. like, posting about National Wing Day, 
I literally contemplated driving up to Buffalo. Did you? To get me with Absolutely, bro. <laughs> the only thing was because of the pandemic, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to enjoy him like I want to yeah. enjoy him. I'm gonna be paranoid. Yep. I, I gotta get him to go. I told Morgan like, yeah. she was Morgan was actually driving home from Philly. Mm. And so I was like, get some get some wings over in New Jersey. Yeah. And she was like, I already got bagels, I already got rolls. Yeah, man. <laughs> I definitely thought about oh, it. I, I promise it. I thought about it. My I boys were sending it. pics of like the, the the different spots we would hit. I'm like, oh man, the golden barbecue right at Big Tree Inn. Oh man, all the smoke wings over at Armor Inn. Oh, Three question Thursday. Question number two. Arthur Motes, real simple. You played professional football, all right? I did. If you had to play another sport professionally, mm-hmm. not football, what sport would it be? Mm-hmm. What position would you play? Mm-hmm. And what team would you play for? That is simple, man. Basketball, I'll be the point guard, and I'll be playing for the Knicks. Without a doubt, man. Madison Square Ooh, Garden, like Spike Lee, right on the right on the wood. I like I'm it. dapping him up every time I get a bucket. He's like, yeah, do the right thing. Most of my like, yeah, kids, you know what it is, man. It must be the shoes. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, man. And I got to be the point guard. I, I want the ball every time. <laughs> But I'm a facilitator, you know what I mean? I, I could be a score first guy, but I like to facilitate, man. I just want to be in charge. I like being in charge. That's me, man. So, yeah, without a doubt, man. Knicks at the garden, Spike Lee right on the wood. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. My Like, I'm trying to take my personal, right? So, like, I can't say Manchester United or I can't uh, say. Dude, I mean, I you could, be, though. I mean, I could. I'd could. be a really good left back for Manchester United. I would. Um... I get you know I'd be a good right-handed or right right defenseman for the Pittsburgh Penguins, mm-hmm. but dude, being a professional baseball player would be great. Oh, and how about in a spot yeah, like let's play for the Marlins though? Well, how about a spot like San Diego? Okay, or Los Angeles, the yeah. Angels, not the Dodgers. Okay, okay, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking I'm thinking a base. I'd be an outfielder. Huh. You know, I'd sign like a 500 million dollar contract yeah. like Mike Trout. But see, I don't know. For me, man, it's a lot of games though. That's the only thing, and it's just. Boring. Yeah, yes. you could say it. I agree. Yes. Like for me, I couldn't imagine. Because <laughs> you're for, right. Because my favorite sports are all the fast-paced yeah. sports, and now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play baseball. I'm like, <laughs> if we're talking for finances, okay, cool. But for just my sheer yeah. enjoyment, I'm not gonna enjoy standing out in the sun in L.A. or San Diego for however many days, like ninety days during yeah, the that, summer. That, that's not that's not fun to me. I, I'm not enjoying that at all. Like Keep maybe me in golf the AC. is the same conversation. Like being a yeah. professional golfer would be great. But, man, that's a lot of time outside yeah, in the sun. I, I'm, just, I'm not an outdoorsy guy like that, and, and especially where you're just standing like that. I mean, think about it. There's some games where if you got – I mean, depending on who your pitcher is, you might not see a ball. You know how boring that – man, come on, man. All right, how about this? I'll be a right defenseman for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now you're talking. Then I get to wear that nice sweater. I would totally come up there, too. That blue yeah. with the with the Maple with the Leaf Maple logo. Leaf, yeah. It's dope. Three question Thursday. Question number three. Speaking of your dreams of being an NBA point guard, Arthur Motes. We got ball tonight, baby. We do. Hoops are back tonight. So Just to let y'all know, I got my LeBron's on, too. I got my LeBron Jewel, got my LeBron James sneakers on for anybody that got issues, baby. These are the 13s back when he was down in Miami after the first championship. Actually, he wore these in the first championship. So just let y'all know the energy I got out here today. So maybe this is a rhetorical question, but Arthur Motes? Yeah, Bron. Clips or Lakers tonight? Bron. Bron, Bron. It's that simple. Bron, Bron. 30 piece. Matter of fact, that's is, the is most that rhetorical question I've ever asked Arthur Listen, Motes in my is that life. on Fox Bet? I'm about to go put 30 on that. <laughs> Braun dropping 30 tonight. Oh, man. That, that is three that's how I feel Thursday. about it. Always fun with who, Arthur Motes. Who, who you got tonight? You picking with the winners or you picking the losers tonight? Who are you going with? 
Well, you know, see, I would like to go with the Lakers and LeBron as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the purple and yellow. Mm-hmm. I like LeBron. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a LeBron stan, but I like LeBron, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't know what a stan is. Like, I, I'm, I just, not, I'm not going to get on a, in a Twitter argument with somebody to defend LeBron. There, there's no need to because LeBron is always right. Well, what that's we true. That's a good point by you. Yeah, it's LeBron. Um, like, he's not, you know, he's not my favorite basketball player ever, but I like LeBron. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. Like, I hey, like, hey, man, everybody makes mistakes. I, I like LeBron, it? and I yeah. don't like the... Uh, I like the establishment, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't like the up-and-coming, oh, the Los Angeles Clippers, look at us. Mm-hmm. Oh, Manchester City, look at us. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the New York Jets. You, you're, not a man, you're not a Manchester City guy? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, not at all. So, yeah, normally I'm <laughs> yeah, Lakers. I'm Lakers. I'm Lake Show. Let's go. You say, no, nah, I don't like Man City. But, I mean, maybe for the banter, I might just have to roll with the clips for one night. Mm, okay. Teach I don't know, own, man. We'll, listen, during the break, we'll look. We'll look on the app. We'll look on the Fox Bet yeah. app, and we'll see what's good. We'll see what happens. We're gonna take our last break. You know what that means? Last chance to get those tweets in, or forever hold your peace for the next twenty-two hours at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We'll wrap up the show with your reaction on the other side. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show, as always, with your reaction on the Twitter.com. Don Juan saying congrats on the upgrade for the show, guys. Can't wait. Three hours with my guys. Oh, yeah, Arthur Motes. That was the announcement in the first hour of the show. If Yins might have missed it, starting next week, a little moving and shaking. SNR's official training camp coverage begins wall-to-wall, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day. Motesy and I getting a little bit of an upgrade, 3 to 6 starting next week that's where you can find us here always on snr 3 p.m to 6 p.m eastern standard time you got us for three hours knuckleheads mm-hmm. if you don't like it deal with it take that take that <laughs> the lit one rebecca says lit, hearing, lit, lit. hearing coach tomlin gave me life today yeah we're getting there i mean we're gonna be hearing from everybody over these next couple weeks it's starting to again while it's gonna be different It's at least starting to feel a little bit like football in what? Uh, Saturday, it'll be August, Arthur Motes. I think it'll really start to feel like football even more so here in the next few days, certainly next week when we get into our training camp coverage again here on SNR. Hev asks, Motesy, better fantasy football value, Vance McDonald or Eric Ebron? Man, I feel like it's got to be Ebron, right? I feel like for the red zone threat, and that's yeah, what Thrash followed up with zone, his tweet absolutely. and said has to be Ebron because he's going to be the red zone threat they need. Yeah, and we know in the red zone, I mean, he's money down there. Money. And we all know red zone touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, Ebron has, points. if Ebron yeah. has less catches, less yards, but more touchdowns, then, he, yeah, he's, then gonna, he's, he's the, the guy. guy for fantasy Absolutely. football. Yep. Uh, Joseph chimes in here. Motsi isn't fooling anyone. We all know he's dreaming about putting on that star helmet or that dirty <laughs> rat bird helmet. Nah, oh, man. Don't do me like the, that, man. He's coming for the kill. Don't do me like that. He's Come on, baby. <laughs> Not I. And then the last one that we got here today from Thrash, he says... 
Bacon and Shaken, you might get a copyright outlawed by Steak and Shake. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, listen, Thrash, can we retain you for legal advice? I mean, we got, uh -oh. that, we got that going for us, you, right? You know how I feel about Steak and Shake anyways. <gasps> <laughs> Not a big fan. Not a big fan. Not so a big up. fan. Let's just leave it at that. Arthur Moat's more of a Whataburger guy. Yeah, you know? I mean, unless you're Andy Reid, you know. Oh, well, yeah. obviously. Who, who's this guy just took this picture with? <laughs> Millennials, I tell you. Arthur Motes, that'll do it for the program today, tomorrow. Last show at noon for a little while. I think we'll be back at noon eventually, like once the season starts. You never know. But you we, never we, know. We might stay there the whole year. But what we do know is that going forward through training camp in the month of August, the next you know three weeks at least, uh, we will be again three to six. So we're moving back, but we're gaining an extra hour. So tomorrow, for the last time, mm -hmm. at least indefinitely, you know when to find us. It's at high noon. We'll get out of uh, this week. We'll finish out Friday with some laughs, as we always do on the program. And you know where to catch us. Our time might change, but our location ain't changing. It's, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steeler Nation Radio.